From the newsroom of the Rockford Register Star, here's what's new today. We all use our life experiences in some way to draw upon. But then, on the other side of the spectrum, I've been uh, fortunate enough to play the Emperor of Japan in the Mikado. So I don't have any background as a black man doing that. But what I can do is put my personality and what my, my skills are as a vocalist to, to, to use. And I'm Scott Yates, photographer and multimedia journalist with the Rockford Register Star. This show is where we meet the artists who make our community a more beautiful place. This week, we meet Aaron Bolden. Aaron is a professional opera singer and stage performer whose dramatic baritone voice has been heard from stages around the world. He most recently sang a beautiful version of the national anthem right here in Rockford for the Olympic table tennis trials at the BMO Harris Bank Center. Aaron is 39 years old and a longtime Rockford resident, though he grew up in Waterloo, Iowa, and Holt, Michigan. His day job is a music educator at Cherry Valley Elementary School. Whether he's teaching in a classroom or singing on a stage, Aaron said music is a powerful medium. He told me music can take people in so many different directions and places, and he works every day to make an impact on somebody's life and to do something that's bigger than himself. In this show, Aaron explains how he has used his personal experiences as a child, as a college student, and as a believer in God to enhance his portrayals of characters on the stage. Aaron visited the Register Star newsroom recently for this podcast. So let's drop in on our conversation now. Aaron Bolden, welcome to the Rockford Register Star newsroom. I understand you and your wife are uh, about 24 hours away from leaving on a trip to Maine. Yes. So uh, thanks for taking the time to join us today. <laughs> thank you. I'm, I'm very humbled and just uh, thank you for your uh, just your kindness and warmth about this. This is a wonderful opportunity. You are here today because one of your performances that I saw just last week blew me away. And let me set the stage. It's the 2019 North American Olympic Table Tennis Trials at the BMO Harris Bank Center. There you are in this cavernous arena performing the national anthems of Canada and the United States prior to official competition. And as big as an event as that is, with its Olympic size implications for the athletes, you are what stood out in my mind as I remember that day now. As I listened intently to your rendition of the American National Anthem, you got my attention by your mastery of control of your voice, the lyrics, the musicality, and how you respected the gravity and meaning of the National Anthem, while you managed to add a few of your own flavors to the piece. For example, you create a beautiful inflection of the, uh, or, or upturned note uh, in the last couple lines of the song that really brings it home. Uh, and, uh, and, and in my decade long career as a photojournalist, I attend more than my fair share of sports events where the anthem is performed, uh, or played on the public address system. As common as this song is, each time it's played, it's always different. 
whether it's because of the difficulty of the score itself or the skill of the performer or how anxious the crowd is to get through it all and start <laughs> the game, all that can affect how good this song is and how it lands on the audience. Too often, though, I see the audience kind of lose interest in the song in the last two measures of the song where it's where it says, over the land of the free and the home of the brave. But a patient listener will be truly rewarded by sticking with you till the end here, Aaron. A, a singer can't just perform this uh, song at the Olympic trials after a few voice lessons, though. Uh, the song is notoriously hard to perform. What did you do to master it? How many times have you sung this before? Uh, and, and how did you get this gig at the BMO Center last week? <laughs> Well, that's, uh, that's more than I deserve. I'm, I'm very humbled that the music had an impact on you the way that it did. And certainly that's why I wanted to get into vocal music to have that type of an impact, uh, on the patron, on the person that is listening. So I'm humbled about that. Um, so thank you. Um, but, uh, to answer your question, um, I've been blessed enough to have performed the anthem. Uh, hundreds of times. Uh, I believe when I was at the University of Iowa uh, for my undergraduate years, um, I actually asked for a compilation of the number of times I performed. And just through my undergraduate years, they had said maybe probably about uh, 75 times. I I'd essentially performed that every event except for uh, football because uh, the marching band, that is something that they do with the one exception of when I saw Simon Estes, who is a university of Iowa graduate, who's also a phenomenal black uh, vocalist who performed there and they gave him the honor to do it. And I was just saying, boy, that would be an honor to do something like that one day. But yes, um, uh, any event you could think of at Iowa, anything from gymnastics to uh, uh, water polo and swimming, uh, men's and women's basketball, wrestling, um, in fact, uh, to your point of the feeling that it should allow people to be resonated with and, and how it should be captured, it was uh, um, a similar comment that I received from a former head University of Iowa baseball coach after I had performed. And he took the time while I was still an, an undergrad student to handwrite a letter to me to let me know just the sentimentality that the song had captured for him. And just, I, I still have that letter and he just said there was, there was a certain feel and he had the word underlined that, that he said that I was uh, able to give to the song. And I just think baseball and there any form of sport where you can take the time to reflect on the freedoms that we have through a song like that. You know, I mean, um, you know, a war was literally being seen while these, you know, while, while, while these uh, events were taking place. And uh, it's just, it, there, there's something to that. In fact, um, the, the part that we all listen to is um, just one of the many uh, verses in this piece. I mean, it really is a five to six minute piece and uh, it's, it's something. And it touches 
more than just patriotism, overt patriotism. It's uh, the 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 full lyrics of the song touch on social issues of the time. No question. And uh, and and it's uh, like you said, something that we don't uh, traditionally play during uh, uh, prior to our sporting events here. It's uh, no matter what part of the song you're you're listening to, it's notoriously difficult to perform mm-hmm. uh, as a, as a musician. How did you learn to master this particular piece? Oh boy, it's just um, it, nothing is ever done alone in life. If you take the opportunity to reflect on any experience, and I've I've just been blessed with so many people um, to be in my corner and to be an advocate for seeing the love and passion that I have. Um, uh, anyone who knows me well knows that my faith is first and foremost. So I will absolutely uh, say that my Lord and Savior is uh, the number one and, and that and the things that have uh, been in my my life to uh, put me in a position to do the things that I've done and uh, impact the lives that I try to impact each and every day. But um, uh, so many uh vocal professors that I've had the chance to work with at the University of Iowa, um, uh, uh, Susan Sandro Jones, uh, Professor Jones, and um, uh, Dr. Rachel Josselson, and uh, even um, uh, for a role that I was able to to have as I was graduating, uh, Professor Stephen Swanson, uh, um, just very influential people in my life. Uh, they may not think that I feel that way, but I certainly do. So I want to give the credit to where it's due. Um, but uh, also, um, uh, back in high school, Mr. Monty Bishop, my he's a retired teacher. In fact, he retired a year ago. Um, I remember being this 14 going on 15-year-old young boy who had a passion for music and knew that I wanted to pursue it. And that was ironically um, his first year in our district in Holt, Michigan. But yeah, just so many people. Um, my, my, my mother, um, just, uh, raised by her and my, uh. Well, yeah, let's, let's get into that. You absolutely. just listed off the roster of the village that it takes to raise the child that, uh, was and maybe still may be you. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. So there's always, then there will always be that internal child. <laughs> <laughs> Did you come from an artsy family? You were about to tell a story about your mother. Uh, certainly. Um, and, uh, it just, uh, reminds me of the, love and care that she's given. Um, she, uh, didn't go on to do anything professional, but she was, she did amateur, uh, jazz and blues and nightclubs. She even for a small amount of time was a, a DJ at a radio station in Waterloo, Iowa for a short amount of time. Uh, KBBG 88.1 FM. Uh, um, my mother's name is Rita. And, uh, um, but I, I came from humble beginnings. Um, just quite frankly, um, if it wasn't for God, uh, putting the, uh, for me, uh, if it wasn't for God, uh, being placed into my life, uh, by my mother, my life could have been quite different. I grew up, uh, in an environment where, um, a lot of my relatives, um, made choices that, uh, are very contrary to the ones that I've made. And, uh, um, as much as I love them, um, everyone has those life decisions to make at points and, um, while you can be guided, uh, you know, it's, it, I really do believe that choices are the, uh, a huge, huge, uh, proponent of, uh, what we can become and 
what we can do um, when we have the ability to control those choices. Of course, there are things that we can't control. But So this show is where we meet the artists who make our world a more beautiful place. And while we're on your childhood, while we've uh, traveled back in the Wayback Machine here, what uh, is your earliest creative memory? Oh, this is an easier one. This is good. Um, it's actually, like I said, I'm a person of, of, of faith and, um, my, I, I actually, believe it or not, I'm a twin. I, I believe I might have mentioned, uh, I know I mentioned my sister, but I'm a twin, a fraternal twin. His name is Alan. And, uh, we wrote a song together and it was literally, uh, Jesus is good. <laughs> and then we would, that was the chorus. And then, Keeping Jesus, it simple. And, yes. There. Yes. And then Jesus is love. And then we would go back to the chorus. Jesus is good. And then we would go Jesus is peace. And then, uh, yeah. So that was for me, that was one of the first memories I had of, uh, about making whole, a piece about whole, how old were you at this time? Oh boy. I was, um, let me get it right. I want to say I was in second grade. So I want to say eight or eight or nine is what I, re- I remember. And um, as you have uh, worked on your craft of singing and performing in front of the public, mm-hmm. what do you str- what do you struggle most with while crafting your singing and performing? Um, I think it's the reality that as much as you try to do when you are exposing yourself in the arts in regards to you know, how, how much you give, you know, your message may not be received. Something that I say often in my professions and just to people is, uh, and my wife will tell you this, but just to shine a light, you know, and just, uh, basically be positive about the things that you are able to do and, uh, um, uh, go forth and put yourself in a position to, um, let the gifts, talents, abilities, or opportunities that you're given to, to, um, just keep giving that message no matter what your occupation is. It doesn't have to be music. And then uh, hopefully uh, people will uh, understand that uh, or, or more will than you might anticipate over time. Now, that's a pretty deep topic and uh, uh, idea to grasp. How do you approach that philosophy with your students over there at Cherry Valley <laughs> Elementary School with these youngsters? <laughs> well, I, I use a lot of the things that I just said. Um, I do my best to stay positive with them and let them know that um, I'm in a position where um, if they want my help, um, they're able to be helped. But at the same time, I continue to uh, grow Every day I continue to try to make myself better through, um, the people that help me, uh, whether it's, uh, through the experiences I have with others, um, whether it can be through colleagues, whether it can be through, um, parents, whether it can be through the community. And that's what it's about at the end of the day, trying to let the community know that, um, the message of music is, 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 is a powerful one and it can take people in so many different directions and places, but, you know, having the opportunity to be guided, but, you know, find, find where you want it to take you at the same time, knowing that, you know, at the end of the day, you're, you're trying to do something bigger than yourself. And so that's just, I get to wake up every day and know that I'm making an impact on somebody's life and do something that's bigger than myself. And that's whether, uh, teaching or performing. In fact, I, uh, um, made a promise to, to God, um, 
uh, that I would not go into music unless I could use it to impact as many lives as I could. And, um, I've been very blessed to have those opportunities. And, uh, let's talk about a few of those steps along that journey. In mm-hmm. one example of your work on the theater stage in 2014, you were one of three main characters in a well-reviewed local production of the Broadway musical Ragtime. Mm-hmm. That was actually one of the five times that you've had that role. Yes. Uh, the show was in Peoria, just down the road here, actually about 140 miles away down yes. the road. <laughs> I remember those, those nights of travel. Yes. <laughs> and according to the news article by the Peoria Journal Star at the time, you traveled from Rockford to Peoria for rehearsals daily and didn't miss a rehearsal. Now, why were you so determined be, to be a part of that production? Well, um, first of all, I'll speak on behalf of any performer uh, out there, regardless of the genre or what you do. Um, it's a labor of love. So you, you make those commitments and you, uh, you honor those things. Uh, if something is valuing, uh, you in regards to what the art is going to do and how it's going to manifest itself. Um, but, uh, that being said, uh, I just, uh, <laughs> I, it, it, it's, it's a phenomenal role. Um, uh, Cole House Walker Jr. resonates with me on so many levels. It's just, um, uh, no, of course I would never. Uh, and that's, that's the neat thing about acting and, uh, playing a role, um, uh, as a, as an, uh, an, an opera singer or a music theater artist or just, a uh, just a, um, artist in general is you know that boundary of where your character ends and where you begin and vice versa. And you can ask yourself those questions through the character that you play. How would I have handled the same situation that I just played or that I, or how would I emote in the, the meaning of that song that I just sang compared to the character? What would I, what, how would I have done things? How would I not have done things? Where is this going to go if I'm the one in the same shoes? Where would it go if that character that I'm playing was in my life right now? Well, are there any similarities in your life experiences with the, some of the characters that you've portrayed? And, and if so, what are they? <laughs> well, it's it. In that, other words, how would, do you draw from your personal experience sure, to sure. enhance the performance? Sure. Um, well, it's, it's interesting because I've been blessed to do so many things. Cole House is one. As a black musician in Harlem, and uh, I know this is an opera, I understand it's music theater, but I, I enjoy both genres, even though I'm classically trained. Um, but, um, uh, it, you know, uh, a black musician who's trying to prove himself, uh, um, in a world where sometimes people will see what they choose to see, um, from, uh, many moments in my life, I, you know, I, I would be fibbing if those were things that I didn't feel, but at the same time, I, um, I, I, uh, you know, that's something that I could understand, but then, you know, well, for some of our listeners who sure. can't understand that, can you spell that out sure, for us? Sure. I mean, just basically when, uh, instances where I've, you know, just studying from college and, and you know, on the university of uh, Iowa campus and, you know, and, and you're, you're leaving and it's late night at the library, but you're, you know, 
you, you get pulled over and you have to prove who you are because they're asking about something on a card, you know, and that was, you know, one of my realities of, you know, this, this is real and these things happen. Um, uh, but you also, you know, and you think about a character like Cole house and you think about those things and you say, um, uh, boy, you know, and when you play a role and you're like, boy, I, you know, I understand why there would be some angst there. I, I understand why there would be some tension there. And, um, uh, just for an example, um, but you, you, you know, you, we all use our life experiences in some way to draw upon. But then on the other side of the spectrum, I've been, uh, fortunate enough to play the emperor of Japan in the Mikado. So I don't have any background as a black man doing that. But what I can do is put my personality and what my, my skills are as a vocalist to, to, to use and, uh, and you know, it's Gil- Gilbert and Sullivan. So, you know, you can, you can, uh, try to have fun with those roles. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you, you draw on everything, but sometimes it's what you don't know that can make the role exciting and make the thrill of the performance exciting for you. On another step in your, uh, uh, your journey to craft your your craft mm-hmm. uh, in June this year, you traveled to Tulum, Mexico. Yes, and, yes. And the the in my research, the details of this were a little hazy, so mm-hmm. don't let me put any words in sure, your mouth. Sure. Cut in here, uh, but uh, you you traveled to Tulum, Mexico, to perform in a production of opera maya yes it's actually it's a young artist program and um there were some actual um in addition to performing there were some outreach opportunities um where we were actually in villages that had never had a chance to see opera or see classical music or be exposed to it just because of the environments and it's just a great way for people who don't have the chance to um be exposed to the arts that can, they can see that this can be accessible. This can be something that can reach me. Sounds like an inter- interesting mixture of your professional life as an elementary school teacher with your, um, with your, your real life mm-hmm. <laughs> pursuits mm-hmm. as an artist, uh, bringing the arts to folks who wouldn't normally have an opportunity to experience that. Um, and down there you were performing a German aria from the magic flute. Yes. From my Zauberflute. Um, uh, that uh, one. Yes. Uh, from Mozart. And, um, it was just, it was just a neat moment because, you know, you're in a, an environment where, um, the language is, um, uh, different. And you're singing another language that's different. And that's the neat And you thing. are of a third culture. Correct. Speaking a, a, a third language you, there. You took the, took the words right out of my mouth. And it's just, and no, but to your point, that's just the neat thing. Every time I never get bored or tired of realizing, man, what an incredibly big world when you can take multiple cultures and languages and uh, ideals and environments and use the power of music and the arts to bring everyone in a place that is where we're, we're just literally the, the music is made, you know, figuratively and literally, you know, and it's, it's, it's neat. 
On a lighter note, in a YouTube clip of that performance, <laughs> you're dancing all around the stage, <laughs> up and down I stairways. <laughs> um, I, I am not uh, uh, too familiar with how opera goes, um, but is such a, an active choreography a normal part <laughs> of a lead singer's job that, description? <laughs> well, at least for that particular role. Um, that is the role of Papa Gainal, and, um, the character is very whimsical, but still trying to, uh, uh, figure things out for himself as he wants that unrequited love, but he's following Tamino upon the journey to, you know, uh, um, you know, where, where they're supposed to truly end up, uh, through the guide of the, the magic flute, um, and, uh, it's, you know, it's a playful character. So, um, it's one of my favorite roles because, uh, it, it just, um, it, you know, I was, I was blessed to be voted the cheeriest male in my high school class, my senior year of 433 students. And I'm proud of that. But that the reason I also say that is because, you know, um, it's, uh, it's part of my personality in terms of, uh, the people that, uh, uh, truly know, uh, the, what I'm about. And, uh, it's, uh, he's, he's just, uh, it's a fun character. It's a fun piece. You can ad lib, you can, you know, uh, within the constructs of the character, but you can, you can be free, you know, you can do a lot of things. Now you are a gregarious and grateful person from what little, uh, I know about you here. Not that I'm calling you out as a fake, but, <laughs> but, but do you have to work hard to facilitate that, uh, type of, of, of feeling and in, in conversation with strangers or does it just come naturally no, to you? No, I'm I, honestly, this is who I am. In fact, I <laughs> let's look ahead here a little bit. Uh, you're going to be in uh, a, a pretty exciting adventure in the near future. You are going to be a part of a world premiere production of a new opera called Pasagula. Well, what it is Pasagula. actually, it's already already happened. Okay, uh -huh. here, and here's <laughs> and, yes, here's where you can correct the <laughs> no, record. No, that's here. fine. No, that's perfectly fine. No, tell no, us a little bit about Pasagula. <laughs> um, basically, um, it. Uh, takes place down in, uh, uh, Mississippi. And, uh, basically there's, it, it's basically Madam Butterfly, uh, the, the opera, um, context, um, of that, but it's taking place in a, uh, part of Mississippi where, uh, the Native American tribe, um, uh, basically to save themselves from, any land or anything that was being taken, um, it was common practice for their, you know, to be one with nature and rather give their lives to the nature rather than to succumb to the forces that are outside. If I can distill the threads linking those productions to a criminally short and terse uh, piece here, both of those classic productions, Madam Butterfly and the other uh, piece that is melded together in Pascagoula, The Legend of the Singing River, um, those productions, as well as your roles in Ragtime, deal with transformative moments in American history where the hero's journey is in conflict with the white power structures of their day. Uh, I'm sensing a theme of social justice awareness in your work. Does, <laughs> does that mean anything to you? Um, it's, and first of all, did I get that classification correct? No, no, that that's fine. Um, I, it, honestly, you gave me a new perspective of it. Um, I, I mean, because you can see the parallels and there is um, some, co some coincidence there, but yes, I mean, in, in terms of, 
Um, when I do try to look at a role, I, I will try to see just to your point earlier about how those parallels can be drawn with those life experiences, but also just to see, boy, where, um, where are things going based on the past? And, you know, and it's an, it's an intriguing question that you get to mold and shape as, as an artist and as a performer in any, uh, in any, uh, form of, of the arts. And, uh, keen listeners of the show will know that my last and favorite segment of the show is to troll and scroll my guests, Instagram feed. For, uh, and you can't do that. <laughs> we cannot do that this year. I will try to do that and pick that up next week. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> My guest today is Aaron Bolden, music educator and opera singer. You can find more information about the productions we discussed in the show notes of this podcast. Aaron, thank you so, so much for your time today. I'm, in, I'm truly humbled. Thank you, Scott. Um, thank you. I'm just, it's a blessing and uh, to continue to shine your light as well. Thank you. Meet the Artist is made possible through the journalism of the Rockford Register Star. The episode's theme music is called Dirt Roads by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com and Filmmusic.io and is used under a Creative Commons by 4.0 license. For more from the newsroom of the Rockford Register Star, go online at rrstar.com.